another struggle, another obstacle, another problem. Ain't no telling where I'm about to go. Ain't no telling what I'm about to do. But I don't need you telling me what I need to do or who I need to be. Just let me be free. Rate, subscribe, and share. Yay! <laughs> Hot damn. Ooh. Good morning, jesters, jestettes, jesterians, every shape, size, and skin color, man. Uh -huh. Good morning, Mr. Pickle. <clears throat> I hope you're doing fucking amazing. I hope everyone's doing fucking amazing. No, oh, stop cursing. Okay. But, I, uh, <clears throat> I have something on my mind. My wife's son uh, is going to join the military. He's going to sign in July, 12 months before he uh, uh, ships out. Now, when I was young, when I was his age, I was in the same position. I was going to enlist early. That way, as soon as I graduated, I'd ship out. My my uh, stepfather forbid it, so my mother did not sign it, so I didn't join the Air Force. Do Am I mad at him? I was at the time. I am I'm not now. I understand now why he did what he did. But, again, it was my life and it was my decision to make. That's why when I took Mr. T to school today... I explained to him that I am I'm proud of the decision he's made. I I just I would like him to speak to other veterans to get the full aspect of what he's walking into. You know, cuz I'm I'm sure this recruiter wasn't honest with him. Excuse me. I'm sure the recruiter was painting stories of rainbows and butterflies. Now granted being in the military is a good opportunity for most or for some I'm not sure I've never been in the military um I'm, I'm not knocking it I have my problems with the military industrial complex but that's the world we live in now so he might as well get a get a good, a good fucking career he's going to be a marine man Fuck yeah. I 100% back him. It it was a big decision. and But my wife is all pissed at me because she thinks I hate the decision and it's a horrible decision. I never once said that. And if she really knew me, she'd know that I wouldn't even think that because it's not my fucking decision. It's his decision. It's his life. So I'm, I'm fucking aggravated that she would think that I would, that I would think that, man. I mean, this wasn't an easy decision for him to make. I mean, this... You're fucking going to, into the fucking Marines. The toughest arm of the armed forces. 
I, he's already very well self-disciplined. He has a lot of discipline. So boot camp isn't, it's going to be rough, but he'll make it through. And it'll just make him a stronger, I, this will give him something to be proud of. And I'm, I wish I had that. He's going to be in a fucking brotherhood for the rest of his life. I mean, he's, but what's going to happen when he's in? And is the government going to take care of him once he's out? That's, that's the biggest thing. Hopefully nothing happens to where he needs any, well, you know what, I don't know. I, I can't even fucking say. Oh, but that's, uh, that's my life this morning. <laughs> so, uh, let's see what the UFC has in store for us today. Come on, buddy. Just what does a Manhattan prosecutor think he knows about the businesses of former President Trump? We can't fully answer oh, that question, but a group of citizens who cares? Who cares? First reported Why do you fucking care? Attorney has convened a grand jury. The prosecutor has former not the President Trump take place in secret. It is confirmed that the prosecutor has obtained access to the former president's tax records, so... you fellow jesters i can't tell you how much i appreciate every single last one of you so much for taking time out your day to listen to our shows what would be even more awesome is if you could share our shows as well as visit 42degreesandsunny.com look at their glass look at their, all of the smoking accessories that they have they are an awesome little shop and also while you're there you can pick up a sessions with the jester t-shirt a very inexpensive $20. Get your glass and your t-shirts and use the code SWED10 at checkout to save 10% on your entire order. Now let's get back to the show. Let's sort through what we know with Ilya Meritz of WNYC. Good morning. Good morning. Based on the evidence that you have, what could prosecutors be looking at? Scheme to defraud, falsification of business records, insurance fraud, criminal tax fraud, those are among the possible charges that have been mentioned by Cy Vance Jr., the Manhattan DA, in his public filings. And we know quite a bit about the business practices underlying those possible crimes. Vance began with the hush money scheme to silence two women who claimed they had affairs with Trump during the 2016 campaign. Uh, recall that former Trump personal attorney Michael Cohen went to jail for his role in that scheme, but nobody else was ever charged. From there, Vance reached further back in time to investigate other business practices Michael Cohen described, uh, understating and overstating the value of the Trump business or his business revenues, either to get bigger loans or smaller tax bills. Now, to be clear, both Trump the man and Trump the business are under investigation. This probe could also result in charges against people close to him, like family and employees. Well, my so question is, how many other businessmen do the point, same goddamn thing? That's what I want to know. Fair is fair. Yes, he should be punished for it. The group if he's doing wrong, fucking punish the dude. But punish everybody who's doing this bullshit. You know, come on. What's good for the goose is good for the goddamn gander. What's that? expected way when it comes to Donald Trump and the courts. This entire probe has played out at least partly in public view, and that's in large part because Donald Trump tried to block it every step of the way, forcing prosecutors to go to court to get the records they were seeking. This case went to the Supreme Court twice and prevailed 
both times, or this probe, I should say. And along the way, there have been leaks and just intense media coverage. So a grand jury means that Gee, I wonder why. These people are fucking idiots, and they want to they want to evidence of fucking see this guy burn for some reason. Um, and according to the Washington Post, this grand jury will be in jail for people. six months, meeting oh, three well. days a week. They, they don't have good things going there. Like, Simons may like, choose to seek an indictment, or he may mm-hmm. just use the grand jury to gather evidence and corral witnesses. But either way, it is a meaningful step forward in the investigation. Meaningful okay, for so whom? Based on what you know, what's likely to come next? <laughs> meaningful. Well, we recently learned that words that don't with shit. another New York prosecutor who's also been examining Trump for about two years, and that's Attorney General Letitia James. They're sharing information and manpower. James's investigation uh, went from purely civil, civil matter to also include criminal charges. In the meantime, Vance has been ramping up. He hired an outside firm to uh, do forensic accounting analysis on this huge volume of financial records. And he also hired a, a big outside lawyer, Mark Pomerantz, who specializes in organized crime and white-collar crime to help him figure out what charges, if any, to bring. And let's just turn for a second to we'll bring all the charges that are necessary, but be fair about uh, it. Wrangle up everybody else who's doing this bullshit. To overthrow the government, uh, but still has freedom of speech. Is and attempts to overthrow the government. Yes, he is. He oh my God. On his website. This is Whoa. A Whoa. Effectively attempting to overthrow the government. Do you understand? Yes, he is. He posted uh, on his website. This okay, is Chuck, of the that's horseshit. History, and he because he did not attempt to do anything. Attempt to overthrow the government. Why? So am I. I'm attempting to overthrow the government, too. But that's because the government is fucking illegitimate. Thank you. Ilya Merritt of WNYC joined us via Skype. He's the same goddamn Merritt. A brief panic over gasoline prices has prompted the federal government to act against the danger of something worse. Thousands of drivers, maybe even you, definitely me, waited in long lines or drove around seeking a station with some gas. A ransomware attack disrupted the Colonial Pipeline. This is a network that supplies gasoline on the East Coast. It was Russia. Department of Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas said the aim was to leave no computer system, public or private, vulnerable. That's why we began a 60-day sprint in the Department of Homeland Security to focus the American public on this threat, to focus American businesses' energies (sighs) on this threat. What would, yeah, what would we happen if we just didn't need gas anymore, huh? OPEC, you know, these are fucking other companies would be done. New reporting by the Washington Post reveals the federal government plans further regulation of the industry. Our friends by the Post are having a banner day of reporting, and that includes Post reporter Ellen Nakashima. Good morning. Good morning. What is the federal government... Yay! Rate, subscribe, and share. Yay! ...planning to do. Well, at the Department of Homeland Security, which houses the Transportation Security Administration, the leadership has decided to use its executive power to impose new requirements, mandatory requirements on the pipeline industry. So on one level, this is for cybersecurity. On one level, it's to prevent a repeat of the colonial pipeline attack. And on a more fundamental level, it's to increase the resilience of a critical sector to cyber threats. Can I just ask about one detail of this? When I hear... You know what I'm wondering? All these attacks that they say are from Russia? Who even fucking knows? I bet you... 
I'm willing to put some money to wager that the U.S. government has some fucking shit going. They, they do this shit so they can up their fucking security. They can up their fucking uh, control. And my, I'm a, I guess I'm a conspiracy theorist, man. Fuck these bitches, cause they're they're all liars. They're all horrible fucking people, man. This it. Why wouldn't they do something? If I was in charge, that's what I'd do. Well, I wouldn't do that, but if I was an evil person in charge, that's what I'd do. TSA, Transportation Security Administration. I think of the people uh, guarding metal detectors at, at airports. Are they the people to do cybersecurity for pipelines? That's right. Absolutely. It's it's interesting that what? this agency that's mostly known for aviation also, when it was created back in 2001, absorbed uh, responsibility oh, for protection that, of so pipelines. So they're going to be training new people. More money, of course. That's, I told you. They bring more money in. That the uh, pipelines were seen as a mode of conveyance. Always so follow the money. Transporting. It's probably whoever owns the goddamn pipeline that did this so shit. They won't edit so well. So then, what is it that the federal government can do or make businesses do that they haven't thought to do or haven't paid to do on their own? Well, the rules have not yet been released, but my understanding is that the general intent here at TSA is to drive companies towards stronger cybersecurity, not by prescribing particular types of software or tools to use, but by describing outcomes or performance goals. Uh, or by say, performing, sure doing the attacks and see, we could have saved you from that. That's fucking organized crime style. That's what they do. Well, you're you're going to pay us for protection. See what would happen if you didn't? That's exactly what the fuck it is. That's exactly what it is. Shut up, Chuck. I'm sure they did. They wanted Virginia. to make their money. Duh. While ignoring years of evidence that prescription drugs were being diverted for illegal use. The outcome of the trial could show whether these massive corporations are liable for their failure to stem the nationwide opioid epidemic. No, no, I wouldn't Brian call them liable. Charleston, they just need somebody to blame. Okay. We, or the, the idiots, need somebody to blame. Well, what we know factually is that these drug wholesalers kept shipping millions of opioid pills to pharmacies in Cabell County. And West Virginia's Attorney General Patrick Morrissey told NPR that this went on for years, even after addiction rates and overdoses surged. Absolutely outrageous. When you see the volume of pills that are flooding into these small communities uh, to assert that you know, somehow you didn't know or, uh, well, we didn't think it had to be enforced this way. Uh, this is an absurdity of that. Everyone knew. And the internal documents, Steve. Well, did they follow the rules? If they didn't follow the rules, fuck really them. If they followed the rules, they there's nothing you can do. Okay, so that's pretty well documented. You've reported on it in the past, but now we hear. But again, <laughs> following the rules doesn't always make it right. Here. What do they say? 
Yeah, we heard from Executive uh, Michael Oriente, uh, who oversees opioid shipments for McKesson. That's one of the companies being sued in civil court. Documents show he and other executives kept raising the amount of opioids that pharmacies could order. But Oriente pointed out that McKesson told the U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration exactly how its safety monitoring system worked. And for the most part, he said federal regulators allowed it to keep happening. And that's really the argument. Are you looking for smoking deals on smoking accessories? Check out 42 Degrees and Sunny at 50 Chautauqua Avenue in Lakewood, New York. Or at 42DegreesAndSunny.com where they're always open. Enter the code SWED at checkout to get 10% off your order, either in the store or on the site. Remember, that's 42DegreesAndSunny.com. How can we brighten your day? Now let's get back to the show. It's being made by the drug industry that they were just filling legal prescriptions so are you with saying... oversight from the government. Okay, uh, so the defense is no one stopped me, um, but they are confronted with all this evidence <laughs> at, a, at a federal trial. What is some of that evidence showing? No one stopped me from yeah, making money, so I'm going to keep making money. Shut up. That's been revealed during this well, trial, I guess uh, there is kind of a moral conflict there. Again, fucking money. I fucking hate money. Addicted to prescription opioids, calling them pillbillies, talking about their hunger for hillbilly heroin. That's a reference to Oxycontin. I was talking yesterday with Amanda Coleman, who runs a shelter for people people in Huntington, West Virginia, who are homeless and experiencing addiction, and she brought this up. The utter disregard for lives here, the dehumanization of uh, words like pillbillies, it's horrifying. One of Ameris' oh, executives was asked about this email. Oh, he said he fuck you, word. said the company has an ethical culture. It's being of the highest caliber. What happens if the companies are found guilty? Yeah, people here in West Virginia hope their share of any payout would go to drug treatment and therapy programs. I spoke about this with Herb Dickerson, who's uh, one of the people suffering addiction in Huntington. Oh, fucking, fucking pills, man. We just lost our way. I promise you. So a lot at stake here, and we should know oh, soon, Steve, whether these companies will you know, be forced to provide some of that help. It's too big of a fucking mess we need to even get into. I mean, the fucking U.S. government controls opium trade. I'm just, God, fuck you. So that was the, the UFC for Thursday, May 27th. Fucking pillbillies, man. <laughs> there is, there has to be a level... Of accountability. Self-accountability. So these fucking pillbillies and their goddamn, uh, heroin. Again, the government is controlling the opium trade through Afghanistan and through whatever puppets they have throughout the world. That's a given. We understand this. Now, these pharmaceutical companies, they're getting painted as the bad guy. Like fucking uh, uh, Rick Ross, the real Rick Ross. He was painted as a bad guy for making money for the government. So, <laughs> get the fuck out of Dodge, man. <laughs> it's the same goddamn concept. Then Trump. Trump. Trump, Trump, Trump. Everything is Trump. Still, everything is Trump. 
Dude, if you did wrong, fucking put him in jail. If you didn't do wrong, fucking stop fucking talking about it. I mean, come on. It's that fucking simple. Stop fucking making up shit, pulling strings and doing prop... Making propaganda, if I could talk. <sighs> man, that's awesome. Life is good, man. Life is fucking awesome. Life is awesome. So now let's see what space weather is going to be. For what is the date today? For Thursday, May 27th. Good morning, Mr. Ben. Good morning, folks. We've got news on all our top subfields of coverage today. Plenty of aesthetic aspects to the stories. We also grade Earth's magnetic field on its first three tests of Solar Cycle 25, and we are starting with the sun at spaceweathernews.com. We find a calming scenario. Coronal hole dissipated. Sunspots making the flares are departing as we saw in the opening sequence, and that's leaving the X-ray flux to crest and descend once again now. The story, of course, is in the solar wind. And yesterday we told you one more CME could impact, and indeed it did. Straight line jumps and the expansion of the red and black up top indicate its impact, and while it was relatively slow, it was pretty dense. The geomagnetic storm that popped up did not last long. The reverberations have settled in. And with this event in the books, let's look at the grades for the first three tests so far. The first one was about two weeks ago, and it was nearly a failure. A weak CME triggered a level 3 geomagnetic storm at KP7, and there was no explaining it without a poor field performance. The second one, about a week ago, was for the coronal hole stream combined with a small CME. It was late and weak, and produced a level 1 geomagnetic storm at KP5, but the telemetry was rough, and we gave it a pass. Only slightly worse this time. The CMEs may have been slow, but there was a good bit of density. Perhaps it didn't deserve the minus next to the B, but at this low solar wind speed, we have seen Earth's magnetic field handle these without storm activity many times in the past. Let's come to the central U.S. where the top weather alert for tonight comes in. The low will distend its convergence line down through Texas and drive powerful storms, including major tornado risks tonight. Eyes open in the center of the country. Let's head over to the articles, and we're starting with the receipt of humor at NASA's expense. They are saying that their black hole simulations from 2018 are going to help them know what to look for in the future. And in addition to the major problems existing in black hole science, in this model, they don't bother modeling the single most critical and energetic point of the system, the center. That black spot in there is just empty. They told the model space doesn't even exist there, because if they didn't do that, their model flies off the rails. So when they've used that 2018 simulation to help in their informing of the universe, pretty much all we can say about the newest animation is, sure is pretty. <laughs> sure Quite not here is Benny Huerta's <laughs> co-author on this paper concerning dust-obscured galaxies. Our interview with Benny was a critical exploration of the dust problems in cosmology, and here they are realizing how much more of that dust there is and what it's been hiding in the cosmos. Up next, an excellent move in the right direction as they are learning more about what dynamics send the high-energy electrons from the Van Allen belts down through the atmosphere. This is critical not only because of its working of atmospheric chemistry, clouds, and the global electric circuit, but because this type of particle forcing is not in climate models. It should be, and without the particle and field forcing in total, they'll be able to blame CO2 till they're blue in the face. Nifty little bit here on solar forcing and suggesting politely it be re-examined. 
but doing so from a total solar irradiance perspective. Observers, that's the trash science I shredded earlier this week. And for co-author Willie Soon, who recently emailed with me back and forth for about a week, and who appears to not be taking my advice on what solar forcing is really made of, good luck with that old broken drum, sir. You will need it. Heading over to one that had me smiling all evening. The key to deep earthquakes, where there is so much friction and so much rock melt that a seismic slip doesn't really make sense. The key to its water. I'm not sure I could have hoped for a more promising indicator of what we said back in 2017. And folks, if you haven't seen our 90-minute presentation on this, it's a good one. And within it, you find how it works because of how electricity works water, metal, and crystals. In Billy's lab, he makes them shift, switch places, follow the current, and even disrespect gravity as he got the subterranean water model to push back up from below, using only the currents we know are there. Last but not least, a focus on Type 1A supernova. It's never a bad choice unless, of course, instead of focusing on the different mechanisms and the recurring versions and stars that don't die, you try to explain how they can use the nova events to better range the cosmos, learn about dark energy, and dark matter. Ben just shakes his head. Let's see here. Many of these blasts don't kill the star, many don't have binary, some just go boom whenever they interact with anything at all, and some have nova events smaller than solar flares. We're approaching the end of the 12,000 year cycle when our sun is going to do this too. We greatly appreciate your support. Everything about the sun and the current disaster cycle can be found at the disaster playlist we have at our channel and in our book at otf.cells.com. We've got wind maps and shots of our star to close. Subscribe and we'll do this all again tomorrow. Right here, but right now, it's 5.30 a.m. in the new Valley of the Sun. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. Eyes open. No fear. Be safe, everyone. I fucking love that, man. Good shit. Thank you, Mr. Ben, for another stellar fucking episode. I fucking appreciate everything you do, my friend. And I was thinking yesterday, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna reach out. And I'm gonna try to have you on the podcast, man. I think that would be an excellent idea. So, a uh, million ounce. <laughs> but now it is time for the quote of the day, provided to us by. The Good News Network. I can't give you a surefire formula for success, but I can give you a formula for failure. Try to please everybody all the time. Herbert Bayard. Swope. You can't please everybody all the time. Look out for you and yours. If you can't please them, try to make them understand that their need isn't a priority at the time. Everybody has priorities. Nobody's priorities are the same. So be a better version of yourself. Smoke weed every day. Make shit happen. <laughs>